Alexandra referred to whatever this is as like the next big leap in human evolution or something like that, or like our, our long form pathway to the stars, Mm -hmm. which I think Johnny, as much as he does not like her and does not like what she's going to do with that, he still finds that an interesting idea. The moth swarm is like in phase, right? Where it can just pass through stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to attack that instead because I don't think I want to hurt the suit, even though I don't trust it. I still want to know more about it. I guess my goal is to take them out of phase so where they're not just like phasing in and out where they can't just pass through stuff. I want to make them able so that we can fuck them up. So if they are in a shifting state of matter, I essentially just want to take them wherever they are and hold them there into solid form. Lou, I worry about this sometimes. Do you ever hear me say absolute bullshit nonsense and, and think about and immediately think, well, that's not how science works? Comic books. <laughs> yeah, but what action are you using? Uh, I'm going to use inflict. So it's going to be the same as last time. I'm going to attack with transmutation and hinder the same target using my minimum die. Six to attack, hinder, I rolled a two. So I think that's only a negative one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're going to prevent the damage and uh, create uh, a swarm. So there's now also a D10, another D10 mod swarm as you attack it. As you try to pin some in place, others seem to disperse at your touch. I'll pass those. Um, I'm going to pass the skeleton. As the skeleton seems to be brimming with vitality, it puts some muscle behind the movements of the suit and tries to shock Berserk. Uh-oh. That's 11 then. Oh, ow. Ow. I can only... Uh... Yeah, I got nothing except for my damage resistance. <laughs> uh, let me, I believe I would be. Uh, yeah, I just barely got into the red zone. Now it's the suit, and the suit must attack you. So that's five damage to you, and it heals three. Five damage, heals three. Awesome, awesome, okay. Before reduction, yes. Cool. Don't go, go. I'm going to, to use the technical term, punch the shit out of the moth using my red zone. I still remember the dreams, which means it ignores all reactions, defenses, and uh, all the other bullshit it could do to stop me from punching it as hard as humanly possible. I do five damage to it. All right. You do five damage to it. You don't kill it. I knew you were going to say that, Lil. <laughs> now I'm sad. I'll pass the Caldera station. The lights are turned on on Caldera, and you can see some of the televisions around you light up, and you, Alexander hurled in with a bunch of engineers and other technicians. God damn it, I had to turn off the monorail again to redirect some power back to Caldera. How, how are the situations there? What is going on? Hello? Hello? Are they all dead already? Oh, I, I was wondering, can I respond? No, not quite. Almost, though. It's it's bad. It's all bad. Is there anything that we can do to help? Like turn to the others and I'm like, would killing the lights help? Should we kill the lights? Do you want me to kill the lights off again? I don't know. Uh, well, they're attracted to energy. Can you create a big energy someplace else? Yes, let me create a magnetic disruption pulse. One second. Yeah. So there's this pulse and uh, the swarms are thinned out as 
like two thirds of the mods disappear into nothing. Did that help? Yes. Yeah, no, that was great. Thank you. Now it's the mods. And the mods seem to be acting chaotic with uh, all this disruption of energy and the attack oozing vampire kiss. They swarm over Pyoman for 11 damage. And you take a minus one from being vampire kissed and they heal one damage. And Breeze joins in teleporting from the other end. Seem to be needing some help. Yeah, a little bit. So now it's Breeze. So they go around the place and as they teleport. S uh, suit, skeleton, mods uh, kind of just disperse when you hit them, making it worse. So they hit the mod. The mod divides again into another swarm. No, not the mods, the suit or the skeleton. Oh, the suit. Okay, so that, uh, that yeah, the, the suit goes on to 19. She could absolutely misunderstand me. I mean, honestly, that, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> so who wants to go next? I'll go. I'll give him the old one-two buckle my shoe. I'm going to do the same action I did last time. So who you end off to? You want to finish the suit before it heals again? Yes, damn it, yes. I will pass to Berserk here. Yeah. Alright, right now I'm hoping my 8 HP will last me, <laughs> but I'm going to boost, I'm going to use ultimate weaponry. We haven't seen this ability in a while. That's a plus three. So that's a whopping 11 damage on this suit, and that is a persistent boost. As I mean, you've all seen this. So you've all seen like when Berserkir just goes ultimate weaponry and an aura goes around him, but usually the aura is kind of this yellowish red. This aura is a little black. Like there's some black clouds flowing through this aura as well. You absolutely wrecked the suit. The nano swarms die. Tell us how you disruptive that it just cannot reform, cannot do anything. Just the coffin of a skeleton. As my axe goes through this suit, you just kind of see this almost shadow of a wolf's head. Just also follow the axe through, just eating the power from the suit at this point. And let's hope I last until I can use major regeneration. <laughs> yeah, so now you have an opening so you can actually now do overcamps to do it because without the suit the mobility of the skeleton is very limited and the swarms they have been thinned out so you can probably outrun the mod. So do you want to pass to someone else to do something to get you out of here? Yeah, highwayman try and get us out of here. Okay, I would like to lucky overcome roll, please. Would this overcome basically be me just like getting our position off our backs long enough to run? No, we did that with killing the suit. Now we have an opening to run. Yeah, I'm going to use principal the tactician and I'm going to... I think we flash back to like these quick moments throughout the fight where in like each of our actions, like there were little things about like where 
Johnny was stepping and like other things like that. I'm just like, you know, little things where essentially now we just have a straight shot to to head towards the research state. So I'm going to use principal the tactician. So you're going to handle on the void of the space. I will say the flashback then is it just looks like him messing with some machinery. But really what I'm doing is I'm kind of almost making a thing where like when the door opens, there will be like a little bubble so that it doesn't depressurize the whole compound. It'll just be enough for us to get like there will be a depressurization right there and we can run. You managed to the five of you managed to get no, actually, um, Breeze stays behind. So the four of you managed to get out. Also, Breeze did not have a space. And the border guard seems confused. Wait, why are we here? Should not we be coming out for Breeze? Where are the survivors? So uh, good news, bad news, sandwich. Good news, the rest of the survivors are back with Breeze. Bad news. There's clearly something spookier going on that we still don't fully understand that we want to try and deal with. Equally good news, uh, we might not have to hike all the way to the other space station because I told System 4 about this and they are probably have a rescue prepped and are sitting by the phone waiting for me to call and say, hey, this is messed up. You mean a prep ready? Did you talk with someone other than the Soviets? I, I told my team. Do they have a space program in Chile that they did not know about? We have a teleporter, a guy who can make anything out of hard light and a dream. I don't think you can make rocket fuel from hard light. Yeah, I was about to say, in some ways, I don't know if that rocket will need fuel, if we're being honest. He flies us in a plane made of hard light sometimes. It's pretty stylish. I don't know. This seems like the thing that you would want to have some kind of ground control thing. I don't disagree, but I think it will be easier to transmit the like 50 or so people, even if we do end up getting help from your people. It's some sort of large vehicle rather than trying to hike like 90 people across the moon. I mean, I can ask Anastasia to send us something to pick us in orbit. We'll just need to get to the orbit of the moon. I think we're having a plan come together. I really do. Yeah, the problem with that is I think most of them are U.S. citizens and I don't know how that would uh, go over with the Soviets. Uh, you're not wrong, but at the same time, maybe we, I don't know, we can sort of treat them as in, in some way like refugees kind of. I think there might be a way we can spin that. We got, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of figure that out in the moment. Is there, so, I mean, Bordegor, you mentioned that there was some sort of, you know, space kind of went the same as out at sea. So is there like a Solas policy for all this? I don't know. I didn't read that part of Solas. I believe that Bordegor did say that the Soviets wouldn't let Amer even though they're Americans, they wouldn't let just people die in space for no reason. No, I, yeah, I, I'm basically assuming that it's very similar to Solas, except for safety of life at sea, it's safety of life at space. Yeah, 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 they talk about it. That, uh, even if they were detected by the Americans, they will say, hey, this was a distress call. Hey, we were bound to help. 
I just don't want anybody, you know, to uh, maybe disappear and while they're uh, somewhere in a Soviet territory. You know what? That's for future us. Never mind. Let's go. Let's see what this experiment's done. And then I guess we plan for the next step. Sound good? Absolutely. Why don't you call your uh, Anastasia for us and see if we can't get up and get ready to go as soon as possible. So we're, when we have to go, we can go. So I guess we will probably need enough lunar models for everyone and make sure that they have full and make the way up to orbit. Okay, so in order to succeed at escape plan back in the USSR, uh, we're going to need to make sure we have enough lunar modules plus fuel. I'm going to write this down. John Doe takes out notepad and starts writing this down. All right, so you start making your way to Aldrin? Seems like the plan. Yeah, but uh, Border is like, why are we going there? Do not we try to get lunar models and fuel? But is there on that science station? We're trying to see what the actual nature of what's going on here is. If it's something contagious, I don't really want to have Earth catch it. I'm wondering, can we? Would it be safe to split up? Because I don't think I'll be much use going that way. Maybe Bordergor and I can get to the Yaktor and get some fuel to the to the lunar modules. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I think that's probably the best one we got at the moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you manage to get additional power so that we can connect more than one place at once? No, but the monorail got turned off. Yeah, and I assume that. That was what allowed Luna City to be turned on. Oh, no, no, no. We, uh, Luna City, we could turn that on. We have a little extra power, I believe. You had. Had, that's right. Yeah. Oh, shoot, I forgot about that. J Johnny, ca call your lady friend. See if there's anything else we, could, we could turn off. I mean, she's going to turn off Luna City and turn Aldrin on, so you want to turn Aldrin off while you are at it? That's the problem. That's the problem with splitting. Then you need power on two places. Yeah, never mind. I forgot about the power. Guys, quick uh, quick note. Who hates the moon? John Doe's hand comes up. In bed. I, I mean, I've hated the moon since before I knew Hathiel. Zerker's hand goes up. All right, we hate the moon. Let's go to Aldrin and then try and grab the fuel as soon as we can. So you make your way to Aldrin and uh, you see power being activated there and you make inside and you can see that the place was entirely put under quarantine for some reason. And uh, you can uh, move across the place. You can assess the data centers. You see that there was an extensive medical research being done there and everything seems to be abandoned in a rush. And you can take a montage to heal your wounds. I would love to do that. Thank you. I am healing. Uh, John Doe is also going to heal because uh, John Doe needs some, some medicine. He's uh, a little jacked up. Is he going to pull a bullet out of his wounds and basically sear it with a stick? He's going to pull a moth out of his wings. Yeah, I, uh, I find all the little bullet bees and I fish them out. Oh, wrong, wrong game. Uh, but John Doe does just as we're all walking, just, you know, why do we keep getting beat up? Why do these things happen to us? Because we put ourselves in the line. You know, honestly, 
Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's honestly more of an indicator of our choices. So, do you ever wish sometimes you wish you had a healing factor? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I do a lot of shooting with guns, and people tend to shoot back, and that does cause me some problems. Most people, weirdly enough, actually don't like getting shot. Which, like, I get it, but, you know. I will confirm, it is bad. Yeah, it's not great. Definitely not. Alright, so what do you look into now that you are an Aldrin? Can you type in spooky, scary skeletons? I start typing in skeleton man, what the fuck, and then just hit the enter button and see what happens. No, I would look back. I would try to be looking back at like research logs over the past few weeks or so, just trying to see what they'd been looking into, what had I like. I think I would try to if there's any way to like look at them by what was most recently accessed. That would be sort of my main starting stuff. Most of the last months of research has been heavily on something called Project Polaris. Am I able to find any more data about that? There's a lot of data into that. That's the thing. Seems like it was deemed important enough that basically everything that they've been doing has been focusing on that. What's the pitch or what's the, the general gist of it all? It seems they're trying to find out some information about some kind of suit interface sent to Lovelace. What is Lovelace digging into? Is that listed here? Is that all self-contained? That's not here. That's on Lovelace. I mean, is that what you're looking into? Nothing on a skeleton in here? I want to know. I think the suit was the thing we were worried about at Aldrin, right? Yeah, it was a suit at first, but then I saw the butterflies putting skin on the, the skeleton. So I'm a little kind of wanting to know more about those things. Like, what are they? Were they created? Were they there first? Or what? 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 She said that the vampire skeleton information was here and that the secret to humanity's future in the stars was here. So I guess that's what we should dig into. Yeah, I think that's probably sort of our best bet in the moment. If we're not going to be able to get that information from Aldrin, then we'll, you know, maybe we can circle back. So what is your carry as you go through the file system? Um, yeah, it would be just trying to figure out uh, what the research was about the suit and what all it was doing. Most of the Polaris project is deeply interested on the suit. You look into the suit and the suit was something that they found near the landing model of the original moon landing. And it was thought to be just another suit from the war someone had dried. And the original theory is that it was a prototype for a Soviet suit. And uh, all the analyses were remarkable because the suit had perfect mobility. It had a recycling way to produce oxygen somehow. It was fully autonomous. It called the convert background radiation into energy and uh, it seems to have an integrated system between uh, genetic engineering microorganisms and nanomachines to accomplish and this it could even repair itself even at the most extreme damage and they have a bunch of tests and nothing that they did managed to even cause a scratch on the suit and everything was extremely excited because if they figure out the secrets of that suit, they could basically turn whatever the environment is habitable for humans. Anything else you look into that? 
point that's something let's get grisly here for a minute is do the reports indicate that the skeleton was in the suit when they found it or is that someone the skeleton was on the suit originally and uh, they did various tests and uh, the body within the report was human and uh, but it seemed to have an unusual carbon decay signature and an unusual amount of radiation across its life. But other than that, it seemed like a human skeleton. So there were attempts to identify it, but uh, they were not successful. And uh, they tried to match all the records that they had on Soviet staff on the moon. And this is why they ended up figuring out that uh, whatever was the source of this, it was not uh, a Soviet project. Did they identify the flag on the suit? Yeah, there were various attempts and they, they did not manage to identify the flag at all. And their theory is that there is some kind of, there is some kind of uh, Soviet or socialist settlement that has this kind of technology. And when they informed it, the Department of Defense put the entire project on lockdown. But that was when all the, the updates to the files stopped. Weird. This whole thing is real weird. So what do you look into more through the files? Yes. Is there any mention of the moths at all? There are a few observations of the moths. They describe a, some kind of transdimensional form that uh, seem to have been first detected a few days after they started investigation, the Polaris project. And uh, their theory is that it uh, might be some uh, Stargate contaminant. So it is them forcing Starlink to close operations on the Stargate while they figure out that and Starlink being extremely unhappy. So the two problems are unrelated, at least on the surface. Well, at least to their findings. But the thing is that Aldrin did not look much into them because they left the private sector handle the mods. Fucking subcontracting. Um, brought to you by the big C. Only with capitalism. Just to cover our rumpuses, I mean, I assume there are. I, I don't know what labs are like. I'm just a simple country hyper chicken. But are there daily logs? Yes. What are the last like weeks worth? Anything stand out in them? People been there seems to have been a lot of episodes of accidents on the last few weeks. If people seem to get too distracted or tired, and uh, there was reports of. Uh, electrical errors of entire things being shut down and so on and so on which considering what you see from the mods you can probably associate to increased mod activity there was someone insisting that they saw the skeleton and the suit move on the cameras and being reprimanding for jettisoning the suit while they were alone or working on the lab it's interesting to me that the suit didn't seem active. How long were they studying the suit before it started moving? I mean, the very first reports on that happened are like one week after 
they started. But you can see that ever since they started working on the suit, they have been uh, noticing that it reacts to input. So they expect it as some kind of simple intelligence at least, an autonomy. So, like they were aware of that. And uh, my final question in regards to that is going to be, as we're looking is, and I know they're not compiled here because they wouldn't be, because it would be too convenient if any unusual other incidents reports were compiled here. But in the lab, is there anything else that really jumps out as like, hey, like a week and a half ago, someone got sprayed in the face with weird alien space gunk? No, there was someone that uh, was doing uh, psychological counseling because they claim to be hearing voices in French somewhere on the lab. Is is there personnel files here? Sam? This particular person? Yeah. I'm going to kind of focus and hey, so we all know that that kind of looked like the French flag, right? We all can agree on that. This guy was hearing French in the lab and in his personnel file, the two weird questions I have is he does he have any superpowers? He has. What are they? He seemed to have low medium capacities. So it's a French ghost is what you're saying. Either it's a French ghost. I mean, it has to be right. But it's strange that they immediately referred him for psyche Val rather than considering that possibility themselves. Can we reach Dr. Alexandra and Breeze from here on the intercom system? I'm sure that is here. You call her and she seems furious. You cannot have destroyed the Polaris suit. Hey, is uh, and I'm going to just ask if this person who is hearing the voices is here. No. No, no, because he kept having these problems. Uh, the station's psychiatrist said that uh, clearly the background of the moon war was being disruptive to them and uh, they got to live. Do you know what you did by destroying the Polaris suit? Do you know the priceless research that that means? Hey, does, uh, does the station psychologist record everything or do you guys actually have some morals? No, they they have uh, confidentiality. Okay. All right. Bye. Hang up. She. <laughs> that was actually that was the right way to move as far as approaching her. Yeah, I was about to rip her a new one. Like we had a fucking choice. Yeah, I I don't want to deal with her and her belief system. It seems like a mess. It just seems like a mess. Belief system is a very generous way for you to put that, and I appreciate that you are uh, feeling generous about that. That's nice of you. I'm trying. I'm trying. And to be honest, uh, and to be honest, that suit's probably okay. It's probably getting back up right now, like at least according to this information here. No, that's the thing. Uh, I did not uh, expose it to magic. It seems that magic was actually the one thing that will destroy it. <laughs> Good. You know what? Good. <laughs> Oh, damn. We broke the suit with the angry ghost inside it. Darn. (laughs) We broke your invincible suit. I apologize. Maybe next time make it a little bit more invincible. (laughs) Yo, Keem, I'm not going to push you to. Can you talk to ghosts? 
Yeah, maybe. Because uh, Joachim looks a little bit sweating under the collar. Joachim, I'm, look, I'm not going to force you to. If you don't want to, I understand that there's some weird shit at foot specifically related to how you do magic here. And I don't want to put you in danger. That would be an overcome, correct? But again, you still have file stuff that you maybe cannot check and if you know other things to look into. Are they two different areas of research at Lovelace versus Aldrin? Yeah, uh, Lovelace is engineering. Aldrin is uh, medical and biology. Aldrin is slightly more likely to have the question I'm going to ask then. Did they test magic use on the moon? No. Seems like a gap in their planning. It's an interesting choice not to. I was kind of hoping they had and maybe built some sort of insulation chamber. I am going to just search and see if there is some sort of weird insulation chamber that they were testing. Well, not on Aldrin. Kind of expected the answer to that question to be on Lovelace. Yeah, you can try calling Lovelace again. You know what? Let's give it a shot. We're having some fun on the phone. You call Lovelace again. You better not do anything to the files there. It's literally the only thing remaining now that he destroyed the suit. Hey, quick question. Did you guys like, was there a reason you guys weren't testing magic on the moon? Uh, Yes, uh, there was something about the way it's behaving, like uh, the spirits of the moon being, uh, I think the term wizard was colonized by the Soviet researchers that uh, looked into it. Weird. Yeah. Do you have any reports of that on your end that you could send down here? No, but uh, I think you can find plenty of those on uh, Korolev. I think they actually, they build some kind of, uh, I heard it described as a particle accelerator for magic on Korolev. Kind of glare at Bordegor. What is this particle accelerator for magic thing? I do hang up the intercom while Border Gore is considering the answer. As you are weighing up, you see static going as an explosion happens on Lovelace. And and you see mods flickering. Son of a... Well... It's time to go over and help. Well, shit. Uh, I still think we should probably get yeah, Border Guard looks at you. I actually have an idea. I don't use magic. Maybe I should call Red Hex. I don't even have his number or their number. There's some way you can magically call him, though, right? Oh, I'm sure, but this is t- this is a tomorrow problem. Not t- this is a tomorrow Joachim problem, not a today Joachim problem. Yeah, that's. Looking over at Loveless, does that kind of look SOL at this point? Should we just try and get over to the refinery or reactor or whatever it was? Is the refinery and reactor two different places? They are. They, anything you want to look into here? Do you think you have enough information to make your escape? What is the plan? So, I think we keep being left with bad options. I think we need to get a communication out, figure out exactly how we make our escape, save whoever we can. Yokim, I don't want to make you. But if we could use the magical particle accelerator, do you think you could maybe 
convince the ghosts to stop haunting this place? Burgundy is baffled. I don't know anything about magic and little about engineering, but I'm pretty sure if it's anything like a regular particle accelerator, it's probably going to take the most energy of anything that exists on the moon today. Well, except for the study. This is not something I want to mess with. I, I don't... It depends on if it's powered. If it's powered by the most powerful spirit on the moon, I, I don't know. It, it's complicated. It's like there's many spirits on the moon. Uh, the one, only one that I am aware uh, or probably can communicate with would be Hati. And, and that's not one I want to mess with. I already drew a little bit too much upon them to destroy the suit. Because it's the only thing I could think of. Uh, something that devours energy or devours light, which, you know, as I learned, light is some form of energy. You get it. And I'm already starting a little bit here. Too many howlings in my ear, and I do not think I have a leak in my suit. Okay. I I just want to say as a sidebar, everything you just said was kind of terrifying. Yes. I really don't know that much about magic. It seems really, it, honestly, all of it seems, yeah, bad. Like, I'm sure there's some good spirits up here, but I don't know them, and I do not want to risk getting them involved if these things eat power. Also, uh, before we leave, do we just rescue everybody and bail? Joachim nods. Yeah, I think that's where we're uh, I think that's where we're at. I believe that we can all agree. And we destroy the research on that suit, right? I think that's for the best. Yeah, if only magic can destroy it. Uh, not a lot of people can use magic in this wor new world. Uh, a very... I I wish we didn't. Yeah, I think we should. Have to. It, is this physical files or computer files? It's mostly computer files that are still physical files. All right, uh, Bordergor, you go for the physical files, or, or Highwayman, you go for the physical files. Take care of the computer. Highway man, you you're the smartest guy I know when it comes to stuff like this. Would this research do any good if we just distributed it? The truth is, like we are taking steps out into space as, as a people, and right now the biggest name in having a a place in space uh, is much less concerned about the thoughts and feelings of everybody else. Making sure that this information was widely distributed would certainly level the playing field quite a bit. Um, make sure that nobody has a complete control over over a functionally limitless resource. What if we take it and just distribute it to everyone? So, well, my only issue with that is this does not look cheap to make. So only the rich and powerful would have any means of accessing it. Well, we have a solution for that. We have Vulcan too. If there is a place in the solar system that can produce these in bulk, it's going to be Vulcan 2. And if Vulcan 2 is not operational, we probably don't have much need for spacesuits anyway. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I think, honestly, a great point. But there's the final snit in all of this. We're left with the, with the core problem. What if this leads to the haunted house phenomena? Did you think it was the suit? I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't think the information is haunted. The spooky skeleton. You're going to have to enlighten me on the haunted house phenomenon. I don't think telling people about the suit is haunted. Look, I believe a reasonable amount of paranoia about a scary vampire skeleton. But if we're all sure, let's do it. Let's give the information away. I, 
I don't want to destroy humanity's hopes for the future. Probably take gonna take years, if not decades, to get anything close from just boards. And that what we're doing all this for? Yeah, I figure. John Doe kind of gets that wry smile, like, all right, let's grab this and start saving lives. Make a phone call, save lives, get out of here. Okay, so what is the plan? You start, so instead, you broadcast things to Vulcan 2, and you start getting the arrangements so that Anastasia can send a rescue mission to orbit. So where do you go next? Um, Iron Man, what do you think? We want to rescue uh, Alexis or whatever her name was, or do we want to try and rescue everybody else that, you know, took no part in her uh, deeds? I think we rescue her, but I think we we definitely leave hers kind of lower on the end of priority. She, I think if we don't rescue her, the U.S. is going to view that as an act of aggression. You are receiving a call from Lovelace. I pick it up. So there seems to be this glaring light on the background, but you can see Alexandra perishing in front of it. Aldrin? Aldrin, are you picking up? Yeah, we're here. Hey, Alex. We are evacuating, Lovelace. We are turning off power, so you can do uh, from the power of Lovelace whatever you need. Are you done with Aldrin? Do we have a rendezvous point? Why don't we have them rendezvous with the other group? That way we only have to rescue one big group. I say, y'all go ahead and head to Hab 3. We're going to try to get everybody out from there. And we're done with Aldrin. So should we have her redirect power to the monorail so that we can get to Hab 3 quicker? But Hab 3 was directly connected to Lunar City. Yeah, it is connected to Lunar City. No, the thing is that you still need the lunar models and you still need the fuel for them. We need to kick on the refinery and get fuel. She starts thinking, well, if we turn off everything except up three, you should have you should have enough power to start the refinery running remotely. The thing is, you're going to be having to go manually to the lunar models and hook the filling connectors manually. I can probably make that work. Yeah, sounds like what we're going to have to do. Y'all get started heading there. Keep us posted, like send us, you know, shoot us a, a call every time you make it through or a message or something when you've made it from one section to the other. We need to know when everybody's to have three so that we can cut power as soon as possible. All right. So where is that you go? You start going for the lunar models or do you want to investigate anything before? Do you want to just do the refinery remotely or do you want to go there yourselves? Or you want uh, to go to Korolev for some reason? What's the next destination? Oh, Berserker wants to go to Korolev. Berserker kind of wrote writes that off as something that's not as important right now, <laughs> and probably can get the information later. It might be worth it to swing into Korolev just because ghosts and magic. Well, Korolev is the Soviet station across the caldera, correct? Mm-hmm. The one that is being nuked. Yeah, it's the further. Yeah, it, it's it's not a not really feasible for us to go there at the moment. Fair, fair enough. I forgot that it was that far. Maybe check the refiner just to make sure we're not going to accidentally blow the place up because there's like a loose fuel coupling. Mm-hmm. And then we just head to the modules and get the hell out of here. Yeah, I think so. You turn off power here and. Uh, 
thing is you're gonna have to go back to Luna City to get to the refinery. You wanna fight it again? Yeah, not really. Can we just can we rush past? Yeah, I, I don't. Yes. Could we could we sort of do a trick on it where we give it something to pay attention to and then we and then we run away? So that's our best option. Seconded. Where the whole gore scratches Sheen. Well, I can try making a distraction as you sneak towards the, the refinery. Yeah. You're going to be all right if we do, right? Yeah, I will. I'll rendezvous with Breeze and the others. Are you going to be able to make it back to Hab 3 so we can get you out too? All right, then. All right. Yeah, that seems good. Can I roll an insight on that? <laughs> roll an insight check. Okay, do I know where to come then? Minor twist. I will take that minor twist. He's immediately offended and tries to turn and jump fight you. <laughs> you get the feeling that there is something else, some crucial piece of information that you're not getting. So the thing that uh, you understand is Ordegar seems to be not thinking about anyone else, but only about Breeze and making sure that Breeze is safe. So you get the feeling that if it comes down to it, um, abandoning the others on Nap 3 and making sure that Breeze leaves the moon, they might not, you know, make maybe the most heroic choice. Oh, we'll try not to put him in that position, I hope. <laughs> I will say to Bordegor, uh, just I know you and Breeze have a history, just don't do anything rash. I won't. I'll be waiting for you or not to you unless the attack is there. And what I worry about. All right, let's go. So take the run rail and you go to the you go to the moon and you go to the ice refinery and you connect there. And as soon as you get power, you you get a call from uh, Alexandra and Alexandra asks you. So are you there? Yeah, we're here. All right, can start the process. Should we check for anything else? What's the process? Well, you should. Most of the things should be automated. Just do a system checkup, check if everything is all right, and start slowly deviating power. You can start pouring down Lovelace now and the monorail. All the power that you can get. Not the monorail. How are we supposed to get back? I suppose that uh, you can take one of the one of the rovers nearby and uh, go to the lunar models. I Actually, I thought that you were not coming back. After you do this... Oh. This is pretty much a one-way thing because this is a very energy-demanding process. At the moment you start producing fuel, you, you're going to need more power if you want to turn anything else again. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully the rovers work then. Why don't we split up? One of us go check the module. The uh, the rovers find one that works, while the other two make sure that this John Doe does a hand gesture encapsulating the uh, refinery. This works. Did you want to leave someone there without life support? Because one thing is keeping the lights on as the thing operates, another is keeping oxygen and so on. We can redon our suits, and everyone but John Doe has a way of producing light. Unless John Doe's bones are glow sticks. Have you tried? No. So, Highwayman, 
You're checking the maintenance and diverting power, or are you waiting? No, I'm checking. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm... Yeah? Well, wait, but, uh, they just called us, didn't they? Um, I mean, yeah, if they're, if they're ready for us to, I'm going to start diverting power. Yeah. Everything seems okay. This system seems impeccable. This is a system that sees a lot of maintenance and uh, maybe the most important part of the station, if not uh, the entire presence on the moon. So this is something that has not been neglected. And uh, as you are routing it, you notice that uh, you don't you no longer are logged in with your privilege. You see that actually all of the access limitations have been removed and all the administrator granted access has been invalidated from everyone. From everyone or just me? Basically anyone directly interfacing with it has the same degree of uh, access as the station administration. So that means everybody can do anything they want with this computer thing? Everyone can do anything they want with any terminal, yes. I mean, if I have the same access as the administration. That is, that's a red flag, right? Well, do you remember in which conditions that will happen? If a fucking meltdown is triggered, right? No. I don't remember. If the administrator is dead? Yes. That you are talking with on the phone? Is she on the phone right now? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Hey, Al, uh, quick question for you. Yes? Uh, noticing something a little odd about the computer, um, sort of all of the all of the terminals here, noticing that full access has been provided to every single person, which is, of course, a failsafe that only takes place when the administrator of the station is deceased. Yes? That's you, right? Yep. You want to tell me what's going on? Sure. And... Uh... A ghostly image of Alexandra steps out of the phone. Oh, for the love of... She glowing blue stands there, and alongside her, a bunch of mods come in. Okay, here we go again. Do you guys want to actually talk about what you want, or do you just want to fight? I'm fine either way. Just give us a heads up. Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarve, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. 
they are available for editing work, message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlachter. They can be found at SGCADelaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Citadel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast just because a friend told us about it.